Welcome to the Overflow Podcast. We pray you are encouraged by this message. For more info, notes, or other messages, visit our website at overflowdfw.com. I want to talk about the goat. Y'all know the goat, right? The goat, the greatest of all times. Y'all, everybody knows about the goat. I mean, everything's the goat. I was in the gym working out a couple of months ago. I know, I know, I know, I know that it doesn't look like I go, but I go. And, uh, and so, so I go to the gym, you know, about four days a week. And one day I'm at the gym, I'm on the treadmill, not running. We've talked about that, but walking on the treadmill, kind of getting my blood pressure up or my, not blood pressure, but my, my, uh, heart rate up, whatever you call it. And so I was there getting my energy up and I'm look at the screen and I see this graphic. It's ESPN and they're talking and the graphic says, you know, the thing that they say all the time, you know, with these guys, it's like their lips are moving, but nothing's really coming out. You know what I'm saying? Like most of the time they're just, they're just talking. And so they're talking and there's a graphic and the graphic says the goat and it has Tom Brady Aaron Rodgers, and Dak. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But I'm looking at it, and I'm like, so you're talking about the GOAT over the last, like, 10 years, or are you talking about the GOAT of all time? Because I thought it was the greatest of all time. So anyway, regardless of your opinion, we are obsessed with this idea of the greatest of all time. We're all pursuing the greatest experience. We're all pursuing the, 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 the greatest house, the greatest influence, the greatest tacos, right? The greatest pizza, the greatest burger. I want the greatest. I want to experience the greatest of all time. And if you know anything about uh, boxing, you know that Muhammad Ali in 1964, he said, I am the greatest. And he was kind of the first guy that it was like, it was okay for you to say that as a person, that you are, it's okay for you to say that you are the greatest. And so he, he made that declaration over himself. I don't know whether he is or not. I mean, how many conversations have we had about LeBron versus Jordan? I don't know about you, but I'm sick of all the talk about the greatest of all time because everybody's got an opinion, and it's just a circular argument goes on and on and on, just worthless debates. But it's all because we're obsessed with this thing called greatness. And I don't know about you, but I am also caught up in this thing called greatness because I want to be the greatest Josh Brown that I could be. I don't want to be the greatest preacher or the greatest, even the greatest dad compared to other dads. I want to be the greatest dad. I want to be the greatest man of God that I can be. And so we are obsessed with greatness for, for, for good reason. The problem is, is when we start comparing to others. I mean, we all want more likes. We all want more followers. We all want more influence. We all want more subscribers. We want more records. We want more muscles. We want more money, right? We want more, more, more. We want greatness. And I get it because we were created for dominion. God created us for dominion. But, beloved, it's not my dominion that I was created for. It was his dominion. So what is greatness? Just like many cultural norms, we get caught up and we, we lose the meaning of words because we just use the words all the time, right? And so I don't know about you, but I, I'm kind of sick of the term. And you're kind of like, well, aren't you kind of at the end of the party? Yeah, this is the end of Summer Bash. That's why I'm talking about the goat. We'll move on to something else at some point. The word great means of an extent amount or intensity considerably above the normal or average. Considerably 
above the normal or the average. May I suggest that the goat is the lamb? May I suggest that the goat, as Revelation 13, 8 says, Jesus Christ is the lamb who was slain before the foundations of the world. May I suggest that the greatest of all times, the goat, is Jesus. He's the one that we sang of this morning, Jesus. At your name, the darkness flees. Jesus. I have victory in Jesus because Jesus is already victorious. Jesus, the kindest of kings, great yet glorious, merciful yet magnificent, mysterious but revealing, strong but tender, holy but touchable, intense but intimate, powerful yet personal, perfect and provisional. He knows no rival. He knows no threat. He is undefeated. Even death could not hold him down. He is alive and he rules forever. His name is Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus is the greatest of all times. When we sing, when we, you're like, why do y'all get so excited about worship? Because we are singing to the greatest one. I see people cheer and get all excited about football and they're cheering about a, a flawed human. We are cheering on the one who rules the nations, who rules the universe. He is the goat. More than a man. More than a man. He is the God-man. He is Jesus. I love Colossians chapter 1. This would be a great passage for you to just camp out in for about six months. Colossians chapter 1 verse 15. Jesus is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. He is supreme. He is the greatest over all creation. For, the, for through God, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. It's his. It was created for him. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is the first in everything. He is the first in everything, for God in all of his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. God in all of his fullness. All the fullness of God is in the man, Jesus. And through him, God reconciled everything to himself. See, the claims about Jesus are either true or false. Either Jesus is exactly who he said he is, or Jesus is the biggest con artist the history has ever known. So he's the greatest according to his claims, or he's the greatest deceiver the world has ever known. People, a lot of people like Jesus. He's not looking for more likes, he's looking for more followers. He's looking for more disciples. He doesn't need your fandom. He doesn't need the quotability. He needs followers. 
And we've got a lot of people that love to quote Jesus and pull a little thing out and say, oh, I like Jesus, I like Jesus. He's not really caught up if you like him or not. He wants you to follow him. He wants you to be in love with him with not just a little part of your heart, but all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, all your emotions, all your affections, all your devotion. Jesus, that my life is all about Jesus. This is the life he's inviting me to. You don't get to like just a few of the things he said. He doesn't need more philosophers. He needs more followers. His claims are absolutely true or they're absolutely false. And he claims. Jesus makes the claims. And we see Paul chiming here in Colossians. Jesus makes the claims. He says this, before Abraham, I am. In John chapter 8, 50. John chapter 14, verse 9. If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. It's exactly the testimony that Paul had. The fullness of God is in Jesus. Jesus says this in John chapter 10. He says he is one with the Father. We see in Matthew chapter 14 and verse 28 that Jesus actually receives worship. If he wasn't who he said he was, then he was calling people to idolatry. He is too exactly who he said he was. He is the greatest because he is more than a man. He is the God-man. And Jesus, get this, Jesus is the greatest because he performed the greatest work. Jesus did the best work. He did the best work. See, it says in Colossians 1.20, as we continue on with this passage, he made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means, check this out, by means of his blood, of Christ's blood on the cross. The greatest demonstration of love where we, we, we question so many times. Have you ever done that? I've questioned the love of God. God, do you really love me? If, if you love me, then why am I suffering? If you love people, then why are there so much suffering and pain in the world? Lord, if you love me, then why am I going through this hardship? If you love me, then why don't I have a bigger house? I mean, don't we ask these ridiculous questions, but do you understand that Jesus' greatest expression of love, the Father's greatest expression of love has already happened? Do you realize that if, that if you cannot be satisfied with the love of God poured out through Jesus, you will never, ever, ever be satisfied? It's the greatest demonstration, the greatest expression of love happened 2,000 years ago on the cross that day when the God of heaven took on flesh and dealt with your issues and sealed your value. So Jesus tells us what greatness is, and then he demonstrates it. Remember when he says this? He says, the greatest, Matthew 23, the greatest among you will be your servant. We love to use that verse. It's a great verse. The greatest will be your servant, and those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Jesus said that. It's great. We love it. The greatest among you will be your servant, and then Jesus does it. He becomes the servant, and then he is exalted. The greatest love, the greatest sacrifice, the greatest act of humility that has ever happened. Philippians says it this way, verse, uh, chapter 2, verse 6, who being in the very nature of God did not consider equality God, with God something to be grasped, but he made himself nothing. Taking on the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, he who humbles himself. And being found in the appearance of a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death. Death didn't beat him, but he surrendered to death. 
even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, that every knee should bow and every tongue should confess on heaven and on earth that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the Father. See, Jesus is more than a man. He's the God-man. Jesus has performed the greatest work. He's performed the greatest act of love that can ever be performed. And number three, he imparts greatness. He imparts greatness. One of the, one of the ways that I like to argue greatness is not how good you are on your own, but can you make those around you better? And Jesus did that. In fact, he told his disciples, he said, greater things will you do because I'm going to the Father. You will also be great because I'm going to the Father and the same way that I've been functioning through the Holy Spirit, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit and you're going to do what I've been doing. It'll be greater than what I did. Not, not, not more powerful, but, but bigger because there's more of you. So greatness isn't just about who you are, but it's about pulling the greatness out in others. And this is what Jesus did. Colossians, let's continue. Verse 20, he made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by, me, by means of Christ's blood on the cross. Verse 21, this includes you. This includes you. Everybody say that includes me. Did you know that you were once far from God? Maybe you're still far from God. But Jesus saw you as valuable. You who were once far away, you were his enemies. Well, I, I, I wasn't God's enemy. If you were far away from God, you were his enemy. If you weren't with him, you were against him. You were his enemy, separated. How? 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 By your evil thoughts and actions. Well, I'm not an evil person. Have you ever had an evil thought? Have you ever had an evil action? Yes, that qualifies you to be an enemy of God. I know I have. Yet now, oh, come on, yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. And as a result, he has brought you into his own presence. See, the only way that we could all experience the presence of God like we did in worship this morning is because Jesus died and Jesus made us fit to be in God's presence. Jesus gave us access and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. Without a single fault. Well, I have a lot of faults. I can't lift my hands and worship because I, I have a lot of faults, because I have a lot of issues, because I have a, a lot of str struggles. Beloved, you are great in the eyes of Jesus if you will accept what Jesus has done. If you will believe the work that he has performed, if you will put your trust in Jesus, you will be great in the eyes of God. Because he is in you, you have greatness inside of you. 1 John chapter 4, verse 4, Dear children, you are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. He's talking about the spirit of Antichrist, the spirit that's against God. And he says, you are stronger, you are more powerful than that spirit because greater is he that is in you because the spirit that possessed Christ is inside of you. 
See, Jesus is greater than you. <laughs> See, we, we make a lot of times like a worship experience, we make it about us. Well, this is the way I worship. This is the way I do things. This is, this is who I am. Don't we? But Jesus is greater than you. And, and let me say this. The, Jesus is greater than anything you can do. Jesus is greater than your mistakes. Jesus is greater than your problems. Jesus is greater than your sin. See, he's greater than the issues that you have. He's greater than your shame that you carry around, that keeps you in hiding, that keeps you from expressing your love for Jesus. Jesus is greater than that shame. Jesus, beloved, Jesus is greater than your sickness. He's greater than your depression. He's greater than your discouragement. He's greater than your dysfunction. He is greater than your struggle. And you will have struggles. In fact, Jesus told us, he said, in this world, you will have trouble. You're going to struggle. John chapter 16, in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. In this world, you will have trouble. But I'm greater than the trouble. I am the greatest. And because I am in you, you will also overcome. Take heart. Take heart, beloved. Probably the greatest statement in the sense of being most controversial statement that Jesus makes is John chapter 14, verse 6. He makes this statement. He says, I am the way. Not I'm a way. I am the truth. Not a truth. Not my truth, the truth. I am the life. Not a life, not a path of life, but I am the life. If you want real life, you've got to come to me to get it. If you want to know the way to the Father, you've got to come through me. Because the Father is in me. The Father has sent me. Here I am providing the way to the Father. Some people say, well, what does that mean? Does that mean if we, if we don't go to Jesus, we can't see God? That's exactly what it means. You say, well, that's not fair. Listen, Jesus is the only one. It's not a mean-spirited issue. Jesus is the only one who died for you. He's the only one that would. He's the only one that could, and he is the only one that has. Jesus is the way because he's the only one that's paved the way. And today he has a way for you. We prayed before service today. We prayed, we said, Lord, wherever people are at today, no matter how close or how far away, Lord, would you draw people to yourself? Maybe, maybe you spent an hour and a half before service today. Awesome. But Jesus wants you closer. Maybe you're distant from God. Maybe your heart is bitter. Maybe you're hardened. Maybe you're just hurt. Maybe you're mad at God. You ever been mad at God? He is unmoved by your madness. (laughs) He still loves you. He still wants you. He's just saying, will you come to me on the way, on the truth? I am the life. So today can be your greatest day.
today could be the greatest of all time days for you. And I hope that you have another one next week or even tomorrow when you're hanging out with this man that we've talked about, Jesus, the God-man. John chapter 6, verse 29. Jesus makes a powerful statement. The religious people are like, what do you, what do we, what do you require of us? What do you require, right? We all have this begging question inside of us. What does God require of me? What does God want, right? What, can, what do I not have to give up to follow God? Let's just be real. And this is what Jesus says. This is the only work that God requires to believe on the one that he has sent. Now, when we talk about belief, we're not talking about, I believe in princesses and fairy tales and Santa Claus and tooth fairies. When we talk about believe, we're talking about exactly what you're doing right now in that chair. You believe that that chair will hold you. You've invested your trust. 